Hello, this is Yara Stark and welcome to an Entrepreneur's Journey podcast interview. Today I have a local friend. His name is Richard Easties. Now pronouncing that last name correctly. And Richard is the co-founder of vroomvroomvroom.com.au, which is a car rental comparison service, which Richard actually started, uh, and I was impressed to hear, we'll have to learn more about this. On opening day, you were making 10 sales a day at $20 a sale, correct? Uh, well, not quite opening. Okay. <laughs> more, more like our, our launch day, but uh, within, a, within uh, 12 months, it was making around 20 sales a day, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and presently today, it's, it's about 900 sales a day at $20 a sale. So you can do the math on, on how large this company's grown. And, and it's in a very popular industry. I think comparison shopping right now, I'm, you know, I'm seeing all the insurance companies doing it, and uh, it's just everywhere. And it's obviously a, a good money spinner for, for these companies. And uh, it'd be great to get a bit of background into how to start one. So Richard, thank you for joining me. Oh, Yaro, I love your website, been reading it for years, and uh, so it's great to be on your show. All right, let's dive into this. Uh, from the beginning, uh, Richard, you're obviously an Aussie, so you born and raised here? You, you, you don't sound like me, but I'm the one who's the weirdo here. <laughs> uh, you're, not as, you're not that weird, Yaro, but yeah, I was born and <laughs> raised in, in Brisbane, uh, but have lived in the UK and, and the United States for a year or two. But uh, yeah, live in Brisbane. Born and raised. Yeah. Nice. Born and raised. So, yeah. what, what school did you go to out of curiosity? I went to a, a dinky little public school called Aspley State High School. I know Aspley. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I wasn't, wasn't a bright kid at an average school, um, just an average kid. Yeah. So, did you follow the normal path of going to university and, and getting a, a normal job? I did. I, I, I followed the normal path. I did a, a degree at an IT degree, um, but to be honest, I think even though it was valuable for confidence more than anything, uh, because I knew what there was to know, without going to uni, I would have always doubted myself. So confidence was a big builder for me at university because I knew you know, what I could know. And uh, But uh, being an entrepreneur and just trying lots of different things I think was even more valuable than going to university. Mm. When did that, that sort of dawn on you? Like if you're studying a, an IT degree, you must be thinking of getting a job, you know, as the IT person at a company. Was that your, your plan at the time? Yeah, and, and, and I did. And I, so straight out of uni, did a, a couple of years at a, a travel technology firm, which is Amadeus, and then a web development company for a year. And uh, yeah, then the inevitable took over and wanted to, wanted to do my own thing. Now, now, most people seem to jump to entrepreneurship when they can see something on the horizon coming, like they're going to be fired, there's a downturn in the market, their company's downsizing. Did that happen to you or, or like, how did you first taste entrepreneurship? Well, I think when I first tasted it, I must have been... I wanted to buy a Voltron toy, like my school friends. How old were you? I was about uh, 11 years old, 10 or 11. But my friends, my friends had them, but I, I didn't have one. So I, I thought I might have to start saving for one, and I needed money. So I went and asked my neighbors if they wanted me to weed their lawn. And uh, so it must have been, yeah, about 
about 11 or 12, I think. Okay. So it's been in you for the whole time you were studying yeah. to get your first few jobs. Oh, yeah, always trying, yes. But right. you finally had the, the follow-through when it came to a couple of years. Yeah, so to answer your question, yeah. I was employed at the time. Um, I was offered uh, more money to, to keep going. But I, I, I was just, I, I wasn't getting what I wanted out of it anymore. And I realized I'd learn enough to, to want to, you know, have a crack at doing my own thing. And that was when I was about 22, which was 10 years ago, 12 years ago. 12 years yeah. ago. So what was your first project? Uh, well, that was Vroom, Vroom, Vroom. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But oh, so before then, yes, there was other things. Um, I tried to sell computer parts and fixed computers for people, but uh, I made a big mistake there where I over-delivered but under, under-charged. So that business was going to go nowhere fast. So did you uh, quit your jobs to start the, this? No, that was more like on the side jobs. Right. The first time I... Room, room, room was the first time I quit one job okay. and uh, immediately and, and took it that seriously. Um, but uh, okay. So to answer your question, yeah, I, was, I did quit my job basically and it wasn't a downturn. It was quite good at the time. Okay, so the only projects you had sort of before Vroom 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 were side projects while working your your main job. Correct, yes. And what were they? So there was the first one, which was the car, sorry, the IT supplies. Yeah, yeah, just uh, selling computer parts and made lots of mistakes there. And yeah, that wasn't ever going to work, thinking back. But <laughs> I learned so many lessons Um and I wouldn't be where I am now if I hadn't gone and tried those things. Well, what, what did you learn? Is there a, a top, oh, I learned top three you I can rattle off? Sure. I need to charge the right price. Uh, don't partner with someone unless you absolutely have to. It would. It's much smarter to not have a partnership with them, but um, maybe pay them a bonus for good work and so that you can still work together as partners, but they don't. you don't have to have a, an official business partner. There's other ways to do it. And the other, other one would be just on marketing, uh, smarter marketing messages. What people actually want to hear isn't always what you think they want to hear. Mm-hmm. And uh, they want to hear the benefits, not the features. And that was all learned from this first company or is that? Yeah, that was all learned from that first uh, failure. Right. <laughs> yeah. So how long were you doing that for? Oh, probably two years, and wow. okay. probably made ten thousand in gross revenue, but spent twenty thousand in time <laughs> <laughs> and uh, energy, and yeah. So overall, it was I would consider it a failure, but uh, but you did say it was better than a university education. Probably, yeah. From the, from, from, I didn't realize it at the time, of course, but just the the business lessons were invaluable. Hmm. So was Vroom 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 next then? Jeez, uh, there was all sorts of other smaller things in between. Um, might have been, you know, like a neighborhood stuff, doing doing favors for fees because of friends recommending. Or, but then they were more like favors and not not serious business. Mm-hmm. Um, I created a a website. To, to try to get advertising revenue, um, but uh, I didn't do too well at that. Um, 
So yeah, Vroom 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 would have been one of the main ones. Okay. Since, well, let's yeah. look at that because for starters, what exactly is Vroom 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 for people who don't know? It's, <laughs> we keep saying that phrase. It's kind of funny. Sure. So. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's like WebJet and What If, but for car rental and uh, no, no booking fees. So which is the only difference, say, WebJet does have a booking fee. We get paid by the, adver- by the advertising budgets at the different car rental companies. Okay, so people overseas probably don't know what WebJet is because that's a fairly Australian-focused one. So. Like, the, say, Expedia in the United States mm-hmm. uh, and Travelocity, but they do all sorts of travel. We, just, we chose one niche, and that's for car rental. Okay, so person can come to the Vroom 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 site, type in the city or country and then city that they mm. want to like, rent a car in the dates yeah. they want to rent it and then it'll give the the cheapest prices and what type of car yeah and they can buy direct from yeah. you exactly okay. so as soon as they hit the search button we go and connect to every car rental company's database and see which prices are the cheapest at that very moment uh, we also put in any one dollar deals that are available at the time which we only us have access to and uh, yeah, then we we re- we looked at the booking forms that every car rental company had, and then ripped out half of the questions and said, "Hey, we want we want to only ask three questions to to make this booking because people hate typing in forms, and we don't want passwords and usernames and credit card numbers if they're not necessary." So for every extra question that was asked, we thought, "Ah, this customer is going to get turned off." So we really cut down the booking time to just, you know, like a minute instead mm-hmm. of used to being like 10 minutes. Okay. Uh, now, there's so much I want to know about this because you know, I'm curious, why doesn't the car companies themselves reduce the size of their forms and, and, and why is there a place for a, a, a service like yours? Because you're obviously taking commission from, you said, from their advertising budget. So you're not taking yes. it from the customer, but you're charging a commission from Hertz or budget or whatever right. it is that you, you rent the car from. But maybe <laughs> before you answer those questions, can we? how did you even start this, Richard? Because I, I, would, I would do this and i go, all right, how do I get access to the databases? Do they even exist yet? Will they let me do that? So can you take us back to day one of Vroom, Vroom, Vroom? What did you do? Sure. Well, right, right at the start, the, the, com- the car rental companies hadn't really even heard of this kind of thing before. So, and there was no technology to support it. So it was a very dinosaur-style technology where we, all we did was uh, list deals of the day. There was no price comparison at all and because there was no technology to allow us to do it. So... We just linked to their websites with an affiliate code and made a booking. It was very crude. It uh, wasn't offering too much value to the user except we had discounts like 5% off and 10% off. How did you offer that? Uh, it was just a matter of building a relationship with the car rental companies, phoning them up and saying, hey, do you want, do you want some of the action? And, <laughs> and they said, hell yeah, because you know, they, they were learning about the internet too back then. This and, is 10 years ago, so it's like 2003, 2002. Yeah, and travel online was very rare. What if was only just being talked about at that point as well? So we started, had a similar growth story to them, which is a bigger a hotels comparison website in Australia. And um, so the current companies were really didn't know what was going on. So we, we just, 
you know, put our foot in the door and said, hey, do you want some extra bookings? They still get it all the time, but they, they have a better process now to deal with it. And if you can't show them that you're going to send significant numbers, it's kind of much harder now to get okay. the foot in the door. Yeah. But the, the basic principle was an affiliate link mm-hmm. <laughs> to rent a car, so you got a kickback commission from Correct. recommending it. And eventually, we got our we, we got our ass in the gear and and uh, built some really good technology uh, to actually connect to their databases. And right. the suppliers opened that up to us because they wanted more of what we were giving. And, so uh, even before they did that, though, how, how were you driving people? Like, how how are you getting people to actually come to your site and find out about you and to, sure. to, to get the attention of the car rental places? Because it's obviously they're not going to work with you unless they can. Sh- you can show them you've got volume, and that's sure. usually the hard part getting to the audience. So what, did- one good thing was at the start there wasn't any competition because we were the first to do this, so it was quite easy to rank well for terms such as car rental in Brisbane and things like that because the car rental companies weren't trying to do that. They didn't have any content on their pages for car rental in Sydney or anything like that. So it was quite easy for us to do that at the start with search engine optimization. But we didn't even consider that as a big deal. Uh, We're also buying advertising on Google, which was very cheap at the time because no one else was doing it. And so most of our bookings came from buying advertising on Google. Initially, um, when I adopted it about a year into the life of Rom, I I realised it was inevitable where the advertising, the pay-per-click budgets would become unaffordable because as this competition increases, the cost per click will increase to the point where everyone is either losing or breaking even because every day there was someone new logging in and and having a crack and trying it out and blowing their budget in a week, which was fine. It made it hard for everyone to compete, but then someone else would be trying it again the next week. So eventually that's matured, luckily. But it's true now that we found it very difficult to generate a positive return on investment for advertising. Mm. So 10 years ago, I made the decision where we'd focus nearly all of our marketing resources on search engine optimization and it paid off big time. So to do that, what did you do? Um, it was, it was uh, a whole bunch of different things, but mostly uh, back then it was updating our website with content on main pages. It was interlinking the capital cities well. Um, it was uh, getting as many links from places to our website as possible. Um, my, the, probably the biggest link we got was from a content management system that I had written a couple of years earlier that was an open source one. So it had a lot of incoming links from footers of other everyone else's websites. And so when I linked to that, to our Vroom website from there, with all that link juice going to it, it, it was a major boost that no one else had at all. And so that kind of thing worked back then. It's not a good strategy now, but back then that really helped. Mm-hmm. So I gave some, I created something of value and gave it away for free that included a link to us. Um, and so that was very powerful, just not an effective strategy today. Mm. And, and SEO has been an ongoing strategy for you, hasn't it? Like, is it today mm-hmm. still the, the most important thing? 
So I, I fired myself, Yaro, to <laughs> as as the person running the company because there's other people out there that can do that better than me. But I found the one thing that I still enjoy the most and I find it's offering the most value is, is still the search engine optimization and just keeping up to date with that and training other people to help with that. It's it's I look at other companies and I just think, wow, and they don't take it seriously and I just think this is got to be in the history of the world the most underrated marketing strategy. SEO. SEO, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed I just did a search for Brisbane car rental and you're number two for me. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> and that's organic search, obviously. So Yes. Yeah. And um, I, I, if you'd like, I can touch on that a bit because it, it is the thing that I'm most passionate about. Yeah, well, let's, let's talk about it today because I, I, mean, I obviously want to keep talking about the growth of your business. But since SEO is, is the most important thing still, what's, mm. what is working for Vroom 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 today that you think other entrepreneurs listening in could actually start applying to their website? Sure. Well, just, I'll just since you wanted to get into that, SEO is pretty much responsible for 90% of where the company is today. Mm-hmm. Um, the repeat business, the, the memorable brand name that once people come to us from SEO, they come back directly to us next time. Um, it's, it's, it's grown the business astronomically and I credit nearly all of it to good search engine optimization. So um, I can share some of the tips that I use if you like. Please do. Yeah. Um, it's changed a lot like in the last six months. And like any good business, it's now you, you need something that is remarkable so that people will want to link to you. And so what, what car rental is like the most boring topic in the world. How on earth do you get someone to link to you? And so it's, it's not easy, but Yaro, like nearly all types of business, the, the most powerful one in search engine optimization is building relationships with other businesses and people in those businesses. So for us going to, for me going to events, um, contributing to the community so to get reputation and to the point where people want to work with you. Uh, um, an example would be there's a travel event in Sydney I go to every year and I get to meet people from airlines and uh, hotel chains. And once I get a relationship with them, I, they find out about my business to start with and show that we're a real business. Um, and I can show them what I can ask them. A simple question is, what can I help you with? And depending on the, the, the role at their company and how their performance is measured, I try to help them as genuinely as best as I can because Eventually, I'm going to ask them, oh, can you chuck us on your uh, how to get their page? And they'll always say yes. Whereas every other link building strategy requires cold calling or spam or, or painstaking, all sorts of stuff. Um, for me, building a relationships with people and just making friends in the industry, it's fun. And I get links out of it because if you help them in some way, people usually want to help you back. And I've used that strategy to get links on, say, What If and flight comparison websites and yeah, WeGo and all sorts of really good quality travel companies. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I have to admit, Richard, you, you 
I've seen you at a lot of places because <laughs> I, I go to a lot of events in, in Brisbane and obviously you're a Brisbane boy too. So, um, and you have this face that's just so approachable. I, probably not something <laughs> people can copy, but um, you've got this smile on all the time. And, and it's, it's maybe a little bit under talked about, but networking in real life is an SEO strategy, isn't it? Like you just said that. It, it sounds like it's your strongest SEO strategy. Mm. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think, but it wasn't ever intended that way. I just thought it was good to network. I didn't ever really realize why, but now I do. And I still network just for fun, but it's really a fantastic side benefit. Um, obviously, I'm an SEO and I can do it myself, but you know what? I guess a lot of people ask me for help and I always give it to them. Uh, but what if you can't do it yourself or you don't have time to do it yourself? Uh, the, and a good option is to hire an SEO company. And that in itself can be challenging because even this year I hired a SEO company in Canada as an experiment to see if they can, them alone, without me interfering or even managing them or even looking at what they do, so wanted to see if they could help rank our Canadian website, which was brand new mm-hmm. this year mm-hmm. or last year came out. And they did the first month of report, the first month of work, and it cost us uh, like $1,200, I think, for the first month. And we had a six-month contract with them. And they sent me what they did, and I nearly died. It, it, what they had done will actually do more harm and good. So I went from the website being at say a two in terms of quality and the work they did took it down to like negative two because they thought what they were doing would help. But as of six months ago, what it turns out what they were doing will actually hurt our entire website. Mm-hmm. And they were doing link spam on forum profiles, like, uh, you know, discussion forums, while they would create a thousand accounts that are fake and put links in their account and thinking it would help. But if Google saw that, it would actually penalize our website. And so I had to ask them nicely to undo everything they had done and then continue to talk about getting out of our six-month contract. Right. And and so, oh, geez, it's difficult to find a good SEO company. And I want to see more people do it themselves because it really is difficult to hire someone. Um, so what I would suggest if I was starting over and I had no SEO experience, I would just do some light reading on the topic, uh, make sure there's nothing blatantly obvious. And Any sites you could recommend or, or books or resources? Sure. Um, there's a really good website called inbound.org, O-R-G, inbound.org, uh, seobook.com. And also on Reddit, there's a really good SEO community, which is reddit.com slash r slash SEO. And the people on those websites that will even do a, if you put in your website, they might even do an audit for you if you ask in the right way. Um, But really what I would recommend is do a pay for someone to do an annual audit and it might cost like $1,000, and just make sure they don't automate it. You actually want someone to sit down and go over it with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, automated reports won't help all that much. And and ask them what 
you should be doing to be able to do the SEO yourself. And that's, I think, um, a good cost-effective way to get SEO done rather than paying someone $1,200 a month. Um, the other option is to hire someone yourself. Um, and I recently hired someone who had no experience and it was a bit of a risk because they had no experience but they were the smartest person I could find and they had a, a really good IQ. Like in, uh, I gave them an aptitude test and out of the 10 applicants we had, they had the highest score. I mean, it kicked my ass in the score and better than anyone else's that we had tested. And so we hired them and their first job was, his name's Luke. I said, right, Luke, your first job is to teach yourself SEO. And after one week, I want you to write an article called, a week ago, I knew nothing about SEO. Here's what I know now. And he did that. And um, a smart person can learn it very a lot in one week, uh, like to the point where they offer a lot of value. And I think that is probably my biggest secret for a medium to large company of hiring an employee to do the SEO for them. If it's a smaller business, I would suggest trying to learn it yourself. And um, yeah, that's okay. that. All right. I'd like to, if we can, Richard, unless there's anything else you want to add to the sort of SEO look at things, um, go back to the growth of your business. It's, you said before you launched it and at the launch day, you already had 10 sales, people coming to your site, 10 people were buying a car rental service and you were making a $20 commission on each sale. So that's $200 a sale, uh, $200 a day, sorry, in income from your launch day. How, yep. did, how did that happen? Well, that's a pretty good well, result so quickly. First thing on, on day one, I, I guess I should say that we didn't have our official launch day until um, well into the company running. Um, and so it's probably not true to say on the first day the website went live, we had even a sale. So, because that's just not possible. It's not, it's not like a build it and they will come <laughs> kind of scenario. Mm -hmm. Sorry, which would be magical. But um, no, uh, it, it came from buying ads on Google and we merely made 50% return on investment back then because mm -hmm. the ads were just so cheap. And a lot of companies back then still didn't even know what they were. So it was just easy to – I can't take credit for getting those first 10 sales a day <laughs> because it, it was just – I guess the only credit I give myself for it was trying things that I'd never heard of and or hadn't tried before and that was putting ads on Google. Um, back then, I guess there was value in trying it. Um, because it worked. Uh, it's just uh, over time that that technique has become more and more flooded and yeah. we need to make more money in order to spend more on there at the moment. We probably spend about $12,000 a month still. Okay, so how did how did the company grow in terms of the team? I know you were a co-founder, so was just you and one other person to begin with? Yeah, the other shareholder lived in the UK. Uh, they tried to help get the UK side running and that's that's still going today, um, and it was funny. Our biggest struggle at the start was hiring our first. I needed someone help customer service, and I was 22, and I had just gotten back from overseas, so I was still living with my mum and dad, and 
so the business was being run in my bedroom at my mum and dad's house and I was answering the phone calls which was you know something like welcome to vroom 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 this is Richard and meanwhile I'm trying to cut code to 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 um, write the next version of the website and it was it was good fun but I eventually needed to hire someone to help so I found uh, a girl named Suzanne who would answer the phone calls but it was going to be a bit awkward doing that from a bedroom at my mum and dad's house so we set up a a really cheap, dodgy office in Chermside, um in North Brisbane, which wasn't even our own office. It was like we just went door knocking to find a room spared in someone else's existing office and they charged us um, what we thought was the cheapest office in Australia, which we found out even though it was cheap, that's what they were being charged for the whole place. Wow. <laughs> that's how dodgy this office was. And... We bought a desk that was big enough for two people, but we couldn't fit either side because one side had wood where the drawers slot in. So we had to get a hacksaw and cut out a spot for our legs. And uh, we found that that was a second-hand desk. Um, so it was super budget. And don't tell my bookkeeper, but she's still using that desk today. <laughs> doesn't doesn't realise that uh, it was... <laughs> the history of this desk, um, but I guess yeah, that's that's how we empl- employed our first employee. Um, so d- did it go organically from there in the sense that you always had enough increase in cash flow that you could keep hiring comfortably? After pretty much, after the first year and the initial um, small investment, it it grew organically. Okay, tell uh, us about the investment. Yeah. Um, well, I I was saving up to buy my first house and the previous owner, I'm not sure exactly what they put in, but probably more time and energy than money. Um, but I saved up $50,000 um, to buy my first house. You know, that was a deposit. But I blew it all on buying 10% of room, room, room. And, um, but yeah, it... It was a good buy. I didn't know if it was a good buy or not back then, but I thought, ah, uh, why not? Was that buying it back from your partner? I. Uh, it was the initial owner who sold it to my business partner now and myself. Okay. They so, wanted to do something else, and it, it wasn't. It was kind of. It was a struggling startup, I guess. Right. So they they had actually started the Vroom 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 brand, but it wasn't doing that well. Yeah, you not mean, as they were obviously liking. Mm. So yes, I, that's where I did like an Angelina Jolie and adopted it, <laughs> and then called it my own. Okay, so when you, I'm a bit confused then. So when you, it was actually started by some other people. There were you two. Were you brought on as, like, did you buy it from them, or did you start work as partners, or as? as... They, they hired me. Then you were. I was actually a friend, and then you was a, a programmer. So they asked me to help them out. And I um, thought, yeah, okay, I'll help you out for a day or two a week. And and then they said that, oh, look, we're interested in selling. Would you be interested in buying? And I said, oh, yeah, I'll, yeah, okay, I'll, I will. And I bought as much as I could. Gotcha. So, so technically, when you say you're a co-founder, it's sort of like you were brought on as one of the first 
consultants or like yeah. a helper initially, and then you got bought in as a, yeah. a founder when it, it's when you took over. Yeah, but it was more like um, the name of the company. I mean, not it was. It's changed so much at that point that I call it um, a startup because well, it was, and we kind of just. I just changed everything at that point. Okay. Yeah. So you put your own 50 grand to buy it. And were you then just you and your own partner in the UK were the 100% owners? Correct. Okay. Yep. So that $50,000 then was, was that capital that went to the other people. So you've got no money. You've only got the money that the business is turning over. Yeah. The, at the point, the business was making just enough to, to get by. There might have been a couple of months where I didn't take any pay for myself. Right. Um, which wasn't a big deal. Um, Still, you must have been a bit sort of, you know, you just put 50 grand into it and you can't buy a house anymore. So. Yeah, so, oh, God, I'm going to have to live with mom and dad for another few years. But yeah. after a couple of years, I was luckily able to, to find a place. Okay, so take us back to the hiring. So you hire a customer service person. It was you doing technical work. It sounds like everything besides customer service. And then your, your partner overseas doing the same thing, but for the UK side of things. Yeah, they were, they were doing customer service and supplier relationships in the, in Europe. Okay, so who who was next? Like, because I'm assuming this was kind of a lot of things flying at you at once. If you're buying traffic, so you've got a lot of people coming at you, and you're, you're making a lot of money, but you're spending a lot of money. It's a lot of things to juggle here. Mm. <laughs> it can be very stressful. And you're thinking, maybe I should hire an SEO person, and I hire a technical person, maybe a CEO, all these sorts of things as well. Is that happening to you, or was it? Does it feel a bit slower than that, looking back? Sure. Probably, I, it took me a while to re- realize the power of hiring. I was one of these people that always thought, ah, oh, I can do it myself. And that has benefits and, neg- and disadvantages as well. Uh, now I will try to always find someone else at the right time. Um, but we, we had a very small team, very lean, uh, even... Say five years ago, at the peak of our growth, um, we only had a team of say five people. And I spoke to a, a competitor in the UK once, and they said they had nearly a hundred staff. And I nearly, nearly died. I couldn't believe. I, I just couldn't believe it. And so we probably were a bit lean for a while, as in we were hacking the code together just to get by and. We had calls and always um, got answered, but probably not as good as we would like. Um, so now we've, we're, we're just hiring a lot smarter and a little bit sooner and uh, putting a bit more focus on growth. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was a good learning experience. How, about, many, how many people uh, are there working for Vroom 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 now? Uh, close to 20 around the world. Yeah. Uh, some in Europe and US mm-hmm. and Philippines. What are the jobs? Just just roughly quickly. Sure. Uh, there's probably 10 on customer service, including live chat, which is an incredible addition to our company last year. Uh, about five IT people, programmers and uh, database managers and things like that. Our SEO team is about four full-time and uh, some management and a bookkeeper, yeah. What do you do today? I, I, I'm in charge of the SEO team now. 
So I just focused nearly all of my energy on SEO and, and, and adding, giving suggestions for innovations in the company. Because, mm. um, yeah, that's, that's my job. <laughs> so <laughs> I was doing the math before. At 900 sales a day, at about $20 a sale, it's like over $6 million a year in turnover. Yep. Uh, and you're, I'm assuming, a 50%-ish shareholder <laughs> in the company. Uh, uh, I know you don't. You don't have to tell me the exact numbers. You're a majority shareholder, I assume. I'm, so, I'm a minority shareholder. Now you are. Okay. Um, what's the plan? Is it going to? Are you going to get bought out? You just want to keep it growing? Because I'm assuming you've still got a lot of your own capital sort of in there. Like you haven't been able to break free and have that million dollar lifestyle yeah. <laughs> sort of thing yet. We went through a few year period where we were doubling every year, and we won. Uh, the Deloitte Fast 50 Award a few years in a row. And that, in retrospect, that was probably would have been a good time to buy, to sell um, to, a, to a bigger company because they would have been able to then take it to the next level with their contacts and connections. But because we had then we had two years in a row where we didn't grow much, it made it a lot harder to sell, mm. even though it was such an attractive buy for a lot of companies. Uh, not having that same growth was a concern. So right now we're focusing on getting that growth back. And um, when we will, we may look at selling again. But until then, we're not that interested in selling because uh, we want all the numbers to look good mm, mm. to get a good sale price, not just 90% of them. Okay. For, for the people listening in, Richard, what especially because you run a comparison site. And I, th I think comparison is quite hot right now as a, mm -hmm. a, 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 a strategy or a, a business model. I know in Australia, the insurance companies are going crazy with their uh, comparison tools and, and whole companies are sort of coming out of, around that, especially with health insurance and more recently home and contents and car insurance as well. And, and you've obviously been around for a while in, in car rentals comparison. Yep. But it's a different different market than what it used to be. So if you were going to start a comparison business now, what would you tell people who are, are thinking about doing that? I would I would find a good a niche that's small enough for them to be the best in the world at it. Uh, don't try to do everything. Um, I would just choose one small niche and be the best at that um, because... Are there uh, any you can see right now that like are underdeveloped because you must... You have your, you know, your sort of your eyes on that that kind of opportunity, given what you do now. And you, I know you don't want to give away all your secrets, but <laughs> just in your travels, have you gone? Hmm, you no, know, I, I, I actually don't mind giving away secrets because if someone needs to see all my secrets, there's a good chance they won't have the ability to make it happen. Well, let's let's challenge everyone listening in. Hopefully, we'll find someone <laughs> who might be able to. But is there a market you've and if, seen? And if they do have the ability to make it happen, they don't need to steal someone else's ideas. Exactly. So, so yeah, no, I actually saw the other day lots of different things. Um, I was looking for a, a real estate evaluation, like a, to get a price on a property, and not from a real estate agent. So I, I Googled it, like real estate evaluations and there's no com there's there's little to no competition and i asked one of the guys do you do you um get most of your business from google and he goes yeah 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 i said oh do you do anything to get to position one and he said no no sometimes we're at the top sometimes we're not i don't know 
he just didn't. Anyway, I just thought that's an open industry, um, but very niche. It's not trying to do real estate. It's a very specific niche within real estate. And there's maybe 10 companies that would do that in one city, maybe even three. But they're all trying their best to rank on Google and they all buy ads on Google, even though some of them rank well. And so a comparison website instantly will be quite easy to rank for. Mm-hmm. So comparison... So, so I, to the people listening, I would say choose what city you're in. It might be, say, Melbourne and something that you're interested in. It might be um, services are pretty good. Some things people don't genuinely search for. So I think Warren Buffett advises to buy shares in products that you use. I would create a comparison website for products that you have Googled for in the past. And if it's a popular product, that there might be a lot of, lot of um, competition. So I would choose something that you've Googled for in the past that, in the past that you think makes you different. So it might be... Um, so for me, it was I had to use a service to get a real estate evaluation. So I would think that that would be a good one for me mm. or real estate photographer. Um, but one I want to do personally is I want to compare and rank uh, search engine optimization companies in Australia and the world. So that will be something I'm going to work on. So don't steal that one. <laughs> right, you. No. Well, you've said it now, Richard. You know. <laughs> uh, well, um, Hopefully, I'll be able to give you an update when I have something to show you. <laughs> okay, let's say someone chooses a, a, an area. They've seen this great opportunity to do a comparison site. I think for me, the hardest idea behind that is actually convincing the current suppliers to let you have access to their their database, their information, and, and sell what they offer. Yeah, it's it's a, that's a good, very good question, and it's like the chicken or the egg thing. If if you can't give them business, why would they bother spending time with you? So. You have to, I would say, get your website to a point and just make money from Google AdSense, which anyone can do, and get your website to a point where they come to you to be asked to be on your website. Okay, so if you're doing real estate appraisals as a comparison tool, how yeah. would you get traffic to it if you don't have anyone who can do the appraisals yet? Um, well, you don't need anyone to do appraisals to rank well on Google. You could have a website about how to get appraisals and what to look out for, who to use. You don't need anyone that does appraisals to be on there. And if you do, just put them on there, but don't, you don't have to promote them in a big way, as in don't put on their link or their phone number so that eventually they might ask, hey, you didn't put my phone number or my link on there, and then you can hit them up for ads. But I would just get it ranking well on Google and then the power is in your hands. Mm. can tell you're, you're a real SEO guy, Richard. That's, it sounds like an answer to all questions are just rank really well for it and then everything else will happen from there. Everything's in the place, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but it, yeah, if, if, you have a, if you have sales ability, I guess you could sweet talk them into being on there. But I just, I just question the benefit of it. Um, except if it's a new industry that hasn't been done before, it, if you can get them on there, it might be worthy. It might be remarkable, and and therefore other people will talk about it, which would in fact grow your business. So, if you can sell 
sell and talk the talk, then by all means try to negotiate them being on there, um, even if it's a small, without too much of a, a commission or even any commission, just to get people talking about it mm. and, um, and then go from there. Okay, yeah, I can see how you could put together a website on how to do your own appraisal for a house and then mm. list some contacts in your area and in cities and then when you've got the traffic coming through, go to those people and say, listen, we have traffic. If you can give us affiliate links to start with and then you can take yeah. that next step, get get access to directly to their mm. database. And, and I noticed, for example, you guys have an affiliate program even within your own comparison tool. So if, if for example, someone's listening to this right now and they run a car-related website, they can actually use your tool and make a commission from that, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and the current companies might turn your way if you're not going to guarantee an X number of bookings, but we get a lot of people. We we get the 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 companies that the the big guys reject. So we let people try it out, and I can tell you, ninety percent won't really make any sales. So only really ten percent of affiliates brought in any decent amount of sales. But you know, we actually it's a great question you bring up because we actually struggle from this in countries that we have no presence in. We'll go to the current companies there and they're like, ah, oh, why how many bookings are you going to generate for us here? And we like, well, we if we're honest, we'd just say we don't know. <laughs> but we tell them we come up with a number based on success in other countries in the first year and they're like, hmm, all right, we'll, look, we'll, we'll set you up with this measly little commission and if you can get up to X amount, 100 sales a day, we'll put you up onto a decent commission. And we're like, all right, all right. So it's a bit of a compromise, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, Richard, I think uh, we can start wrapping it up. Uh, we, we covered the story. It's pretty much been your main business I guess for, for the last yeah. 10, 10 years for you so you're you're well and truly entrenched in it and it's it's a great business model I, I love the uh, providing value but you're not actually selling the product yourself which is I mean you are but you're not having to deliver the product which is really great you just created value where it didn't exist and then you, you, you get a return from that and you're using search traffic which is predominantly I guess free in inverted commas you do have to work to get the traffic and, and mm. pay money to, to build the content and get the links and so on but you've got the, the engine there that can benefit from it with the, the search uh, yeah. the comparison can I just add one last thing sure and this is just to counter my probably pure emphasis on search engine optimization and organic traffic mm -hmm. and that is half of our visitors come from our brand name. So they've either typed in our website directly because they've used us in the past or a friend has told them about us or they'll search Google for a search term that contains the word room, room or room. And that means in theory they've remembered our brand name. And we have a sister website called carhire.com.au and it only receives a margin of the repeat customers that Vroom does. Mm. And so I just want to emphasize how important a, a, a memorable brand name is and not a generic brand name. 
and because we have a pure proof like side by side comparison on the two and in theory everyone would think oh Kaha is a much better name what the hell is Vroom 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 but and the reality is a, a brand name has a lot more power for power like how many people go to search.com to search for something it's, it just doesn't happen everyone uses Google mm, that's a good kind of combination that you have search bringing the initial attention and then the brand yeah. as the retention so attention yeah. and retention uh, yeah and that's so, a yeah. one-two punch exactly and we probably wouldn't be that successful if we didn't have the good brand name and relied purely on search engine optimization mm. I mean the brand name was crucial Good point, and a lovely point to end with, I think, Richard. So uh, there's no need to tell people what site to go to to find out what you do. I think it's been said lots of times. It's vroomvroomvroom.com.au. Uh, and is that is that global for, for overseas people, or is it only uh, Aussies? It's, uh, no, we have a .com and .co.uk for our friends in Europe and North America. Great. And so. um, they have their own customer service, so they know where your weird city is. <laughs> <laughs> nice okay uh, any last comments Richard before we wrap this up uh, love EJ entrepreneur's journey and uh, thanks for having me thanks Richard I appreciate the love and uh, thank you for taking the time to do the interview and, and uh, sharing some insights into a business model that I certainly haven't really looked much into so comparison shopping great business model and hopefully people listening in are thinking about starting something in that space right now and uh I guess if they want to get in touch with you, is there a way that you are open to? Because you're such a good networker, you know. <laughs> uh, sure. Um, Twitter.com slash car rental. Twitter.com forward slash car rental. That's it. That's you? All right. Awesome. No worries. Thank you, Thanks, Richard. Thanks, for having me. Talk to you later. You. And for everyone listening in, you know where to go to get my podcast. It's at entrepreneurs-journey.com or you can just google my name which is yarrow y-a-r-o and you can opt into my newsletter there as well as find all the previous podcasts thanks for listening and i'll talk to you again very soon bye-bye